0: at this foam pit and you like jump into this foam pit you get on this trampoline and then you jump into this foam pit and i was like oh i'm gonna do it and so i do it and i think i soar like i think i'm like jumping and soaring into this foam pit my cousin took a video of it on her phone and it literally just looks like i fall over into the foam pit like it doesn't even look (laughs) like i'm jumping Uh, it, a man had to come and rescue me. I couldn't get out of the foam pit. Because what they don't tell you is that it's all upper body strength getting out of this foam pit, which I have zero of. <laughs> I was basically drowning in foam, and people were just staring at me until this one guy was like, here, let me help you. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> Th- thank you, kind <laughs> sir.
1: Thanks, <Aww>. mister. <laughs> oh,
0: poor. How old are you? Uh, 27? <laughs> for real no you were for reals i was like 20 20 i was in my 20s for sure uh
1: oh, i was man. imagining little Lori. yeah me too
0: no this that's was even a, sadder this was a 20 year old Lori. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i was like the whole time that was happening i was like it'll be worth it because the video of me jumping in this foam pit people won't believe it they'll be like oh wow you really soared you got really good height and you jumped into this foam pit
1: Instead, it looked like it was in slow-mo.
0: Literally, it just looks like I go, like I just fall into the phone <laughs> <foam> pit.
1: <laughs> Does she still have the video?
0: I had it for a while, but I, I think I deleted it. But I'll try and find oh, it man. if I can. It's really Please sad. Please find it.
1: Ah, that's so good. Well, you know, we're talking about a big lady today. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: You told me more.
1: I think she I think she would have trouble in the foam pit herself. Yeah. And today we're talking about Bertha Heyman. Bertha <laughs> Heyman.
2: <laughs> you should, that's pronunciation. That, that's right. Heyman. Is that right? Heyman. Heyman.
1: Yeah. Heyman. Heyman? Heyman. Hyman. Mm. Bertha mm-hmm. Heyman. Bertha <laughs> Heyman was a 19th century con artist, and she mainly worked out of the United States and focused on swindling men out of money. She was considered by officials at the time as one of the best con women in the U.S.
2: I'm a grifter.
0: <laughs> I like this story already because, you know, I feel like people always think that, like, really, like, we did Sonya the Golden Hand earlier, and it was, they were talking about how she was so beautiful and so pretty, and that's how she conned people. And it's like, no, you don't have to be beautiful to be a con artist. That's
1: yeah, right. Not every con artist is Catwoman. Well, let me exactly. rephrase.
0: Let me rephrase. I'm not saying she wasn't beautiful. That's that's That was me. Immediately I mean, go to she's ugly. But you don't have to be a certain <laughs> top body type to be a con artist. That's what I'm trying to say. Exactly.
2: This lady conned a lot of people out of sandwiches.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> <she's> <laughs> I've done that in my time. Oh, Lord and- knows I have. Every, every day at school and during a uh, junior high, I used to get the vice principal, to give me a dollar to get a soda every single day. It How'd you like, do it? Normally, I would just ask him about the Navy and then he would eventually give me a dollar. Ah. or I would cry and say that I, uh, I had, I was having a really hard day. I was on my period.
1: And then really? like, you could be on
2: your period every day because he yeah. just wouldn't well, know. He,
0: he didn't know. He was from the Navy. <laughs> he
2: don't yeah. He didn't know anything. Was he all like, oh, here's a dollar. Get out of here. Yeah.
0: He was like, oh, and then one time he like tussled my hair. He's like, you're a good kid.
2: (laughs) It's funny.
1: Bertha Heyman was born Bertha Schesslinger around 1851 in Koblen near Prussia, a former state of Germany. Not much is known about her early life, but by the time she was 18, she had already settled down in the United States.
0: Are we going to find out why she's called Hayman? That's her last name. Oh, I thought you said her last name was Schlesinger.
1: That was her maiden name.
0: Oh, oh, okay.
2: I changed it when I moved here. <laughs> Feels good to get off my feet.
1: <laughs> Bertha was described as being short and stout, about 5 feet 4 inches and 245 pounds.
0: Ooh. I like that. That's a that's a thick girl. That's a nice girl.
1: The ICC. <laughs>
0: yeah. She yeah. had
1: brown hair and brown eyes and had four very identifiable moles on her left cheek.
2: Doing anything for you,
0: Lori? Yeah. Oh, this is... this. Is, I changed my mind. This woman could take all my money. This is my <laughs> type. For sure. You, you guys
2: aren't seeing it, but Lori's slowly raising up her sunglasses.
0: Yeah. She's
2: like, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm having a hard time sticking to this chair. Uh, Do you want a picture? There's a
1: picture of her. I mean, she's very... I mean, you don't have to dig hard to find a picture of her. We'll put it up on the feed. They're giving them away. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You can't swing a dead cat without getting a picture of Hey Man.
1: Yeah. (laughs) She was married twice, first to a mechanic named Fritz Karko, whom she married shortly after arriving to the U.S., Then, in 1869, she conned a friend of his, Mm. a liquor merchant named Charles Brandt, for $200. She did it by telling him she needed the advance for the legal expenses that were being incurred due to an $8 million inheritance left to her by her dear uncle George Cortis of Poughkeepsie. Ah, Poughkeepsie. She promised to pay a bill... That her husband owed Charles for four hundred and twenty dollars for twenty, and wrote out a draft against an account based in Milwaukee under the name Albert Blatz. So, okay, she told this guy, and and, and let me point out too, uh, this is the eighteen hundred. So two hundred dollars is a few, is a couple of thousand, really. Yeah, that's a lot. So she tells him that she's about to come into an eight million dollar inheritance and uh, that in the meantime she needs two hundred dollars for the legal expenses.
0: So this was the first like scam of like I'm a prince and I'm getting a bunch of money, but I need to transfer it into your account. This yeah. is like the first kind of iteration. It's similar
1: yeah, it's a little similar to our last our last lady, Elaine Parent.
0: Oh yeah, in that, that's right. In that sense, I looked her up. She's she's cute.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's your type for sure. She's my type uh, for sure. She's got those severe eyes.
0: She definitely looks like the kind of woman that would uh, let me take her to New Orleans.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: After a few years, uh, Bertha left Kafka. And moved from New York to Milwaukee. And there she married a John Heyman. Mm. I have no info for her time in Milwaukee. But she eventually returned to New York. I think she got into some deep shit in Milwaukee. Because then she also always used Milwaukee as her like where her bank was based out of. Like every time she did a con that involved a bank account. She would say like the bank is in Milwaukee. So, oh. I don't know what I don't know what her deal is with Milwaukee, but she loved referencing it, and she might have loved it there.
0: Yeah, who knows? Maybe that was her town. She's like, ugh, I wish I I just got to make this score, and then I can live my life in Milwaukee.
2: Yeah, the glorious life in Milwaukee of drinking beers in parking lots, and that's it.
1: Old Milwaukee—that's a beer there. That is. That's how much they love their name. What's that?
0: I've never been to Milwaukee. Have you guys been to Milwaukee? No, I have. <laughs>
2: <laughs> why, is,
0: why do you say that like it's like it's a offen- no? Of course not. Why would I go to no. Milwaukee?
1: No one's ever invited me to Milwaukee. You don't get invited to <laughs> Milwaukee. Maria. Well, that's the problem. You end up there. <laughs>
0: I think that's a place you just go. You're like, oh, well, what other state? What other places do we need to go to?
1: Yeah, let me go explore my rich ancestry in Milwaukee.
0: (laughs) Yes, I know. I just said state. I know Milwaukee is not a state. Thank you.
2: Milwaukee is a place where you just wake up and then you just start to ask people where you are. Where am I? You're in Milwaukee. Leave. (laughs) Leave. Get Get out. out. Get
0: out. We're going to have we're going to have some people like we had some Republicans last time say, well, I'm from Milwaukee, so I'm voting. I'm saying that this is one star.
1: Yeah. They're and I'm a Republican. Racist.
0: So are going to call me a
1: racist, ignorant person.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Check your facts.
1: <laughs> uh So Bertha would often pull the same kind of con where she would pretend to be a woman of wealth. And then ask for some kind of loan or advance from whoever she was conning. And they would always fall for it. Like, she would always promise to pay them back.
0: Was it usually men who she did this Well,
1: no, it wasn't always men. Most of the time it was men. We'll see one example where it was it. Okay. So because she was always pulling some type of con, she was in that of prison all the time. Uh, but when she was out of prison, she would always seem to stay at the fanciest of hotels. Uh, She was seen at New York's The Windsor and The Brunswick. Hmm. And she always employed a servant. To other guests and bars and parlor rooms, she would delight in great conversation. She would always boast about the powerful and wealthy men that she was friends with. She was said to be a great talker who understood a lot about human nature. uh, And was just great to be around when she wanted to be
2: they would be all that Heyman woman is a delight to speak to yeah. she speaks so well and knows the world though her face looks like 10 miles of bad road uh, okay <laughs> uh.
0: all right thanks, and she grandpa. smells of onion <laughs> thanks grandpa you don't have to talk anymore thank you we're okay
2: let's let's get into politics kids
0: <laughs> no no thank you grandpa
2: So she kept just conning
1: her way through life in New York for about 10 years. And then in 1879 decided to get back in contact with the liquor merchant, Charles Brandt. This time she convinced him that she had just inherited a fortune. This is the same thing, but she convinced him again (laughs) that she had just inherited a fortune, but was in need of cash to pay for her current expenses. She promised to pay the previous $200 that she had borrowed, plus interest, plus the $900 that she was asking for right now,
2: back. This lady's got the gift of gav. Yeah.
0: Seriously. Also, this just is so great, because this is the stuff that, like, this is the story that made us want to start this podcast, because it's like, men take women for granted so much that they have like that they're conniving or anything especially during these times i'm sure he was like well a woman couldn't open a a woman doesn't understand the the uh legal ramifications of a bank account so obviously she needs a man to step in and help her out and give her some money it's like you're such a freaking moron
1: someone correct me if i'm wrong you guys don't know but someone else out there um, I think back then you couldn't even have a bank account in your name if you were a woman, oh which is why gosh. her account was in the name of one that Albert Blatt's, Well, her fake account that, like, was yeah. in Milwaukee. That I didn't think that's exist.
2: exactly right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I do. I know. I know you do. <laughs> I feel like an asshole for saying you guys won't know.
0: Maria. I like, Maria. I, I, I. Okay. Wait. Wait, guys. Let's wait for other people to chime in.
1: I'm right. Thank you.
0: Yeah, you're right.
1: (laughs) So he paid up. He gave her the $900. So Bertha, by this time, by the way, she's already known as Big Bertha around town. That's what people call her. Big (laughs) Bertha.
2: I'm sorry, I know that doesn't deserve that laugh, but Big Birth is just the it's the name.
1: Yeah, it's a great name. She's also known by the she's also known by the police as the confidence queen. Oh nice. Ooh, yeah.
2: I like that. That's really cool.
0: When I was in junior high, I tried to get Fat Lori going. I thought that would be funny.
1: But I think it has to be like a L L thing. It has to be like the what I that? know
2: Alliteration. No, I
0: know. Alliteration, yeah.
2: Or rhyming, like large march.
0: Well, large. I no so, fat Lori was what I tried to get going. People were like, "Well, I could see large or lazy Lori," and I was like, "All right, well now you're just being
2: hurt." <laughs> fat is worse. <laughs> I thought
0: it'd be funny, but nobody thought. And then I had to go talk to the principal because everybody kept saying I was being too hard on myself. So that was too
2: hard. <laughs> I think that name works if you're not fat.
0: Yeah. No, that's yeah. not. What
1: fat Lori?
2: No, like fat anything, like fat Mike when you know oh. you're not that fat. And you're not oh, I fat. see.
0: But then the then the inverse would be true. Then it should be tiny Bertha, because then she is fat.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's really true. Any like look at fat Albert.
2: That's fucked up. That's a horrible fat Albert impression. <laughs> hey hey hey, hey. <laughs> I've been doing weight watchers. Hey, Hold hey, on.
1: Hey.
2: <laughs> look at fat Joe.
0: Who's Fat Joe? I'm not going to
2: imitate Fat Joe. The rapper. The rapper.
0: Oh, is he the one that's like... That's Yeah, okay. That's,
1: him. <laughs> that's very much him. So after Bertha got the money from Charles, she skipped town for a couple of years. And when she returned, she was with a couple of the last name Perrine. Huh. Bertha had convinced them to sell their property in Chicago and loan her the $1,000 they earned from the sell. Oh she God. told them that she owned rows of houses in New York. And when they would travel to New York with her, she would put all the properties in their name. An no. idiot.
2: What yeah. an idiot. Did they just do that classic New York thing where they just disappeared? In a crowd, I mean, she just disappeared in a crowd, and they're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, officer, <laughs>
0: <laughs> cash, big Bertha has disappeared into a crowd. That's-
2: I mean, she <laughs> 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 That's she's <laughs> squat and roll. She's yeah. a short lady,
1: she's five fours. She could do it, yeah.
0: Speaking of which, which I don't, okay, look, I'm five I'm just- four, everybody. I'm gonna say this <laughs> flat out. I love Queen Latifah, I think Queen Latifah is gorgeous, all right she has a she's new show best. it's beautiful she's beautiful she's amazing i love her i watch everything she does she has a new show called equalizer which is great i recommend everybody watch it it's amazing but one of the funniest parts of equalizer is that she will just disappear like people will be chasing her and she'll turn a corner and then she'll disappear <laughs> <It's> Like <laughs> that's great where did she go how did <laughs> she get away like One guy was was chasing her in a crowd of of hospital workers and she turns the corner and just disappears and be like, you wouldn't recognize, you wouldn't be able to see a woman like Queen Latifah walking through the hallways of a hospital. Like you would notice that she's there if she was walking through the hospital.
1: Both Latifah, excuse me, Queen Latifah. Thank you. Queen Latifah and Big Bertha
2: are just masters
1: of disguise.
0: That's true. (laughs) You know? (laughs) (laughs)
2: if i had two bodyguards i'd be like big bertha queen latifah get (laughs) him and they'd be like
1: it'd be like yeah the 30 rock the 30 rock bodyguard
0: you gotta show no you gotta show your fists you gotta be like here you gotta get big bertha and queen latifah
2: there you go
1: (laughs) (laughs) those are perfect names
2: queen latifah wants you to speak into the mic yeah yeah punch him (laughs)
0: I got to be honest. If you take one thing away from this podcast, watch Equalizer. I'm just saying. That's, I mean, other than the story.
1: Maybe stop asking him to take just one thing away from the podcast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Stop listening right now and go (laughs) to your CBS app.
0: All right, guys. Pause. Is it CBS? I think it is. It's CBS. Yeah.
2: Nailed it.
1: So she basically would disappear into the crowd because then all it says as a follow up is that, like, eventually the Purines discovered that she didn't own anything. And It's like, well, by then she's far gone. You know. Yeah.
0: I would love that conversation to have, like, be a fly on the wall for that conversation for them to discover that she doesn't own rows of houses. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she, like, wasn't staying with them in any way, so it's, it's, like, them trying to call her. Ugh.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Talking to the cop, and it's old school New York, too. The cop's just like, you've been had. (laughs) sucks.
1: (laughs) Go back to Chicago. (laughs) So she, uh, when charges were brought against her for, for this, they did track her down, the police found her, and they arrested her. But to post bail she conned another person she conned a dry goods seller into convincing him that she was rich and wanted to invest in his business on broadway so then he posted her bail
2: his business his store was on broadway
1: yeah his store his his dry goods <laughs> store dry goods was on broadway ah oh. on broadway
2: broadway I mean,
0: I mean, I don't know. I guess, you know, I'm not in the I'm not in (laughs) showbiz. I just feel like maybe as a rule of thumb, if you need to bail out your producer, that's not a good thing. You know,
1: baby, this is Broadway. Yeah. (laughs) All kinds of things happen, whether it be the stage or the dry goods store, (laughs) whether it be cha-cha heels or dry tangerines. And we're known to break out in song. (laughs) (laughs) After getting out on bail, she fled to Canada and was arrested there in Ontario in February of 1881 after conning a man in Montreal out of hundreds of dollars. So after her stint there, she returned to New York. Back in New York, she rented a room from an elderly woman named Pauline Schaulabrahm.
2: The names in this. That is a name you make up when you get pulled over driving someone else's <laughs> car you stole. <laughs> What's your name? Paula Charlebrum.
0: <laughs> you know how fast we're going?
2: 50 shurn miles?
0: <laughs>
1: While there, she conned Pauline out of $250 and stole two gold watches. But she didn't really steal them, she conned her out of those too. She promised Pauline that she was an heiress and that she would use the money to buy the house and lot that Pauline rented. (laughs) So Pauline handed over her money. Then, Bertha went to Pauline's landlord, who was also a glass importer named Theodore Morris. She told Ted, Theodore, that she wanted to buy Pauline the house And that she was an heiress. She basically said the same thing. She's an heiress. She has a ton of money. It's just all tied up. Da, 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 da. Ted agreed to sell the property to her. Excuse me. Ted agreed to sell the property to her for $2,500. And with that, she wrote up a draft, like an order for a draft of $13,000 from a bank in Milwaukee. From which she said that he was supposed to pay himself out his 2500 and then, you know, come deliver the rest to her. Which to me, it's like, I'm already selling you a house. Why am I going to come give you the rest of your, like, bank draft? Like, go yeah. to the ATM yourself, huh?
0: Well, I don't know if, AT- were ATMs around during that time?
1: No, but, like, do it yourself. Oh
0: Yeah, in-
2: you- invent the ATM. <laughs> yeah. Then go to it bitch
0: yeah no i i mean all of this is stupid like it makes me feel better about all of the pyramid schemes that i've signed up for in my life like all of this is is dumb like
1: people just keep taking her at her word because that's also what you did back then this was like the time when they were like oh, you promise not to rape my daughter i promise okay let's shake on it and then yeah. like the guy dad walks away and like the lady's yeah. pregnant with
0: you I didn't didn't think it was gonna happen. I mean, he's a forty-five-year-old man and she's a twelve-year-old girl. I, I thought they would be safe. I went down this rabbit hole at TikTok. There, I don't know how I got. You know how, like, you just you like a video and then all of a sudden your videos change. So I went through this whole thing where it was all guys who were happy because a bill had been passed in some state I forgot where. Where like father fathers could deny their daughters getting an abortion and the dad oh, would yeah, be yeah. like yeah finally and i was like "What the <laughs> hell kind of weird shit is this finally
1: <laughs> <laughs> i've been waiting for this moment
0: yeah like oh my god what? i was like this is a grown man like oh like it was so disgust. i was like i just so it was me like i feel like cps or whatever child protective services should find all of those tiktoks and just like investigate every single one of those men
1: because that is absolutely weird it's just weird to think that ever since that man was in uh like a high schooler he could only think about controlling his future daughter's body
0: Ugh, so gross and then i've wanted
1: this more than anything in my life
0: and then also it's just like (laughs) the weird algorithm with tiktok because it's that and then it's white white people dancing like they'll do side by side where it's like a get like apparently like a a black person or or like a person of color would be like white people probably can't dance to this and then it's like a side by side of a white person dancing to it and it's like great awesome so it's just like the weirdest tiktoks and i'm like how do i get back to the normal ones <laughs> like how do I do that now
1: <laughs> stop using the bloody podcast account to do this you're gonna fuck up the <laughs> algorithm
0: I've I'm, do- I'm telling uh, you it's fucked up. I'm telling you this is our TikTok now. This is where happen? we are. It was great. I was doing great. It was t- I was on teacher TikTok and gay TikTok and I was having a fun time. And now mm-hmm. I'm at dad's excited about their daughter's sexual sexual uh like reproductive rights. It's like, "Oh, okay. I can't, I can't do this."
1: Well, good job, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> you belong up here with Pauline. Charler- <laughs> sure.
0: Hey man, <laughs> that's <a> good.
2: <laughs> I got a big order from Mrs. Uh, Cheryl. Hmm?
1: <laughs> that's me. It's Cheryl. Yeah, that's what I said.
2: Mm.
0: <laughs> well, that's like when I was a substitute teacher. I would just start trailing off if it was more than two syllables. I'd be like, "Is Giorgio Sherman here?" <laughs> I'd be like, "If you don't, if you don't know what your name is after two syllables, I'm not helping you." Like, there could be not, multiples. Uh,
2: they were kindergartners, Lori. Yeah.
0: No, they were like, this is what I was a sub. This is what I was doing, like, junior high, high school.
2: Hmm.
1: So Big Bertha called Ted before the draft cleared from Milwaukee and said that Pauline's stepson had now brought charges against Pauline and that the sheriff had threatened to place a hold on Pauline's properties. The stepson, she said, was willing to settle the entire matter for $500. Oh. According to Bertha, her lawyer had advised her to settle the matter as soon as possible. But all of her friends were that were in business weren't working that day. Because you see, they were all Hebrew. And wouldn't you know it, It was the Sabbath.
0: Oh, man. She is doing such... She's literally doing everything. You play into these people's misogyny. You play into these people's (laughs) anti-Semitism. I mean, (laughs) she's doing such a good job.
2: She really is.
1: So, since she had no money as she was waiting on the draft that she had Ted go get, so he loaned her the $500. Bertha promised to go with his clerk, his, like, I guess his receptionist or whatever, Mm -hmm. on Monday to settle all the matters. Bertha, of course, never showed up. And she skipped town for Canada again.
0: (laughs) Part of me wonders, like, is she now just seeing what she can get away with? Like, is she just now, like, oh, this is... I'm just gonna keep pushing the envelope until you know... People get, are like, uh, I don't believe you. Like, cause it just seems like her stories get more and more outlandish.
1: Well, it's funny you say that because I was gonna save this until later uh, in her story, but during one of her arrests, she explains that she doesn't do the hustle. She doesn't con people to con people out of money. She does it because she likes it. She, in her own words, she says, I take no pride in overveiling a fool. The moment I discover a man's a fool, I let him drop. But I delight in getting into the confidence and pockets of men who think they can't be skinned. Oh. It ministers it ministers to my intellectual pride. So she's pretty cool. It's
2: pretty good. Yeah.
0: That is good. Yeah. It's
2: pretty crafty, man.
0: It's exactly what we were thinking is that she just, just like you guys think you're so smart, but I'm going to show you who's really smart.
1: Yeah. In June 1881, she was, I don't know if she came back to New York or if they extradited her back, but she was arrested for the con against Pauline Shuttle. <laughs> but she was acquitted of the charges. Once acquitted, she was arrested again on the courthouse steps. She was brought into Manhattan this time and charged with taking money from Charles Brandt, who was the the idiot who fell for it a second time, and Theodore Morris. She went to trial in October 1881, and Bertha took the stand and said that she acted under Pauline's instructions to steal from Ted. Pauline, who was in court that day, denied it, which is really funny to think about. you fucking liar you bitch you fat lying bitch
2: for some reason he sounds like jimmy stewart in my head oh that's a lie i never did that oh oh
0: that's that's great
1: (laughs) the jury only took five minutes this time to find her guilty and she was sentenced to two years in the state penitentiary prison on Blackwell Island. While there, this is great. She was employed as a servant in the warden's house. So she became friends with a guy named Charles Carpell. Some reports say that he visited her there, which is like, what does that mean? While others say that he was also a fellow employee of the house. But either way. She told him to loan her $1,000 to buy her way out of prison. And in return, she gave him a bundle that she said contained bank books that proved thousands of dollars in her name. And then he loaned her the money. Later on, he discovered that in reality, the bundle was a bunch of newspapers sued into the linen of the bag.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) He
1: never bothered to open the bundle.
2: That's stupid. That is so dumb.
1: After her release, she returned to New York City again. She can't stay away. No. She loves the city. And she stayed at the Hoffman House. Under the name Mrs. Richards, the Hoffman House was a hotel popular with power brokers and intellectuals of the of New York at the time. The hotel was a beautiful piece of architecture in the in the uh, the Flatiron District or whatever it's called. Oh, nice. Yeah, and one of its grander installments, little fun fact here, was a twelve foot painting of. Sorry, I apologize for saying his name wrong, Adolph William. Bougereau's Nymphs and Satire. A uh, community moralist, so fucking Karen, found the 12-foot masterpiece shocking because it showed four nude women prancing around a fawn. The painting was owned by one of Hoffman's early proprietors, who was a guy named Edward S. Stokes, who had previously himself served four years in Sing Sing, for killing a fellow financier named Jim Fisk Jr. over the affections of a woman who was a songstress named Josephine Mansfield.
2: These names. Yeah. So old school.
1: <laughs> there is a film about their story made in 1937 called The Toast of New York, starring Cary Grant. Wow. Ooh. Anyway, that aside, on june twenty eighth eighteen eighty three Bertha visited a broker named Edward Saunders. She i guess had become friends with him probably at the hotel of the and he worked at the firm Saunders and Hoffman. He managed to or she managed to convince him that there was a check in the Hoffman House Hotel safe for seven thousand dollars that belonged to her. Along with a bunch of other bonds. But that at the time, because it was all in the safe, she needed a $40, a $40 advance <laughs> from him.
0: My God. A small
1: potatoes.
0: <laughs> now she's just seeing, now she's just having fun. Now she's like, I'm not even doing this for the money anymore. This she's, is yeah, she's been having fun. For shits and gigs.
1: Yeah. He advanced her the cash and. Then she decided to keep playing this con with this guy and managed later on to get another $200 from him. Then later on, like even later on down the road, she managed to get another $215 from him and a diamond. Oh and God. another $200 from his partner, from his firm partner, which is nuts. Damn, what did she say? Well, in return one of the times at least, Bertha had the clerk at the hotel pull a sealed envelope out of the safe and hand it to Saunders. She said that in it were securities worth $87,000. She told him and convinced him that she herself was worth $8 million. Whoa. She likes that $8 million figure. She uses that one a lot. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what she did is she had... She had them put a sealed envelope that had nothing in it in the safe and then made it all ceremonious looking when she like made the hotel clerk put it like pull it out of the safe.
2: And the oh. guy fell for it. And
0: then Yeah. He's like, oh, she, of course, her name's Big Bertha. She's
2: worth eight million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Man, she's a sharp one sharp fucking knife.
0: I got to be honest with you. I'm starting to think that she was just like average intelligence and everybody else was just dumber than a box of rocks.
2: There is that. Maybe.
0: This kind of feels like that movie uh uh with Ricky Gervais, The Invention of Lying. Yeah, a little movie. bit. Yeah. Where it's like she just figured out that people will believe anything. She was just like, "All right. <laughs>
1: So it wasn't until later when the papers rested in their own safe that the men realized that they were worthless and then brought charges against her.
2: (laughs) Oh my God. This is worthless. We're worthless.
1: (laughs) So then in July, she was arrested in Patterson, New Jersey. Then upon her arrest, she had told the Jersey City Chief of Police, Chief Murphy, that she had been out of prison for only two weeks. So she did this in two weeks. That's pretty good. And had already conned people out of $2,000. So <laughs> Saunders wasn't even the <laughs> the main guy she conned, which is great. Other people were too ashamed to come forward for it, I guess.
0: I love that she's just bragging now. She's like, yeah, I conned that guy, and I conned that guy, and I conned that guy, and I definitely conned that guy. She's Cardi B. <laughs> she was a co- she was she was you know she was making it wet back in her generation
1: i'm telling you by the end of the story you will agree with me that she is like first gen cardi b okay how come no one's made a movie
2: of this yet i don't know
0: i was when i googled her a little bit apparently a bunch of people have pitched uh paul Shear apparently w- wants to have a movie made about her oh wow I just i think the problem is is that people are so upset that it's a, a woman conning a bunch of dudes
1: it's hilarious
0: yeah and they're they're gonna be like what do you want to bet they're gonna be like okay we like it but could she be like Eva Longoria yeah
1: that's what I was gonna say uh, it's probably gonna be like Michael Roby.
0: yeah yeah exactly God. oh yeah yeah it's gonna be uh uh oh what's her name
1: it should be Lizzo
2: <laughs> well I <laughs> forgot
0: her name but what's she's uh she's married to Colin Jost now she's married to Ryan Reynolds
2: Scarlett Johansson?
0: Scarlett Johansson. It's going to be Scarlett oh, yeah. Johansson is, is big birth, up.
1: So then she went on to tell uh, Chief Murphy here the same thing that I told you earlier about. She was basically like, Yeah, I don't do it for the money. I do it because fucking men are stupid. And the less stupid <laughs> they think they are, the more I want to fuck with them. It's just <laughs> dope.
0: <laughs> I love that about her. Yeah. But also, it's like, to me, I think it's so funny because it's just like, Look, if, if men were just straight up, I wouldn't be messing with them, but the fact that they're morons and they think that they can get one over on me. Cause you know, all these men are thinking, Oh, this poor simple woman doesn't realize how much of a, how much of a deal this is. I just have to give her a little bit of money and then I get a whole bunch of money. She can't do math. She doesn't know what's (laughs) happening.
1: (laughs) She also said she cared less about how much money she swindled and, that she would normally like, even if she found a guy that gave her $10,000 by the next week, she would be rid of it because she would have given a lot of it to the poor, which I, I don't know, girl. Like, I don't, <laughs> That sounds like <laughs> a, lie. That sounds that, like that, a that, lie. Yeah. That part I'm like, mm, okay. Robin Hood. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Robina. That's not. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's what she tries to be like. I actually give back to my community.
1: She got arrested for that. And she was tried and convicted on August 22nd. That's my birthday.
2: Mm-hmm. Ooh.
1: And then she was sentenced to five years.
0: Ooh.
1: So she was out again on March 30th, 1887.
2: That's my birthday.
1: <laughs> that Same
2: is? year. No.
1: No. And then this last chunk of info is actually from Atlas Obscura. And it says that uh, for some years, Bertha... after. After that, for some years, Bertha drifted around New York, stealing watches and jewelry and doing like short cons. And then she moved to San Francisco with a man that she said was her son, Willie Stanley. While in...
2: (laughs) Sorry, I was laughing at the name.
1: (laughs) While in San Francisco, she approached one Rabbi A.J. Messing.
0: Just to go back to Willie Stanley, that is definitely a name you you make up when you're getting pulled over. What's your name? (laughs) Uh, Willie Stanley? (laughs) I have two first names.
1: What's your middle name? Pocket Wrench? (laughs) Uh,
0: You're looking at a pocket wrench right now. I know, but that's just because I'm named after it. (laughs) Family heirloom.
1: So now, with Willie Stanley in tow, she approached one rabbi, AJ Messing, as I was saying, an acquaintance, somebody, an acquaintance that she knew from her Prussian childhood, which oh. is crazy. And she tracked him all the way down to San Francisco. Wow. So, anyway, she told the rabbi that she had made the grave mistake of marrying a man, a husband who was not Jewish. And conveniently, had recently died. She said that he had left her an enormous fortune, but she now wished to marry a man within her faith and needed help finding a husband. Fortunately, Messing's brother-in-law, the rabbi's brother-in-law, Abraham Grun, <laughs> wow, was quite taken with Bertha. He proposed in a matter of days... And so then Bertha, like she had a whole like third life. She started enjoying the high society of like the specifically the San Francisco Beth Israel congregation. And she would like go to soirees and she would just like hang out, you know, with people just like pretending. She, I'm pretty sure she was not raised Jewish. Like, I don't know what's happening here, but she
2: they bought it
0: yeah you know i mean you hey you can convert you can make some people convert to judaism so
2: what if people liked her so much and she was just doing it wrong they just didn't care yeah
1: they just like oh she's a delight. it's
2: fine she's like hey boys let's have some milk and meat Uh, <laughs> BB. oh, <baby. laughs> oh <brother>. okay
0: <laughs> i one time did this this woman hired me to do this uh uh, we hired my group to improv group to do an improv show at a um I forgot what it's called, but I th- I don't think it was Rumspringa, Springa, but I think it was it was a Jewish holiday, maybe it was Rosh Hashanah. but it was it was a around Easter time, so it was one of the ones that was around Easter, and she wanted me to do a slideshow based off the holiday, which as a lapsed Catholic, I was like, well, you couldn't have asked for a better person. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> nail this. And so I would send her the slides and I thought, oh, I'll jazz it up by putting some music underneath. And she was like, oh, actually, like, first off, your slides are wrong. And Ah. secondly, the music is like completely like it's offensive what they're saying. um, But thank you so much for trying. But then she would have me like fix it. And I was like, just do it yourself. Like Obviously, you're better at this. (laughs) So that's probably what she was like. She was like, obviously, I'm not doing this. I'm not Jewish and I'm not doing this for for the Jewishness of it. I'm doing this for the money.
1: Wait, I thought you said it was like an improv thing.
0: Yeah, she had a slideshow where she show she wanted like a playful slideshow uh, that showed the the whole his the point of the holiday. And then afterwards, we did my improv group did a uh, where we had everybody come out into the backyard and we did the dream, which is where you invite somebody up on stage and then they tell you about a dream they had. Or right. they tell you about their life, and then we do what they dream about at night. Right. What they would dream about. So we did that, and then we couldn't cuss or do anything sexual. So then, of course, like people would start out doing something sexual, and I would, we would like, people would run in and go, ah, no, <laughs> get up, stop.
1: Sounds like a super fun crowd. It really sounds like a thrilling show.
0: It was the worst sure. show I've ever done. Nobody laughed. She sent no. me like a four-page email about how I ruined the holiday. <laughs> and then like a month later asked me to do something else. And I was like, "Why?" "Oh like,
1: my god, lady."
0: There's make up no your mind. reason.
1: Like, it's her I, fault.
0: Yeah. She was she was a weird duck. She was a weird duck.
1: Anybody who thinks that it's ever a good idea to hire an improv team, period, <laughs> is wrong. <It> does, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got burned twice by her because the first time I did it, I you did said a... yes
1: twice. That's the other thing. This
2: is big Bertha here. performing. This is for. big
0: Bertha. I got burned. Cause the first time I did a stand-up show, but so I had met her through another lady. I, this lady does like actual full on standup shows in Santa Barbara in like bars and restaurants. And she went, she was like, and she's also big in the Jewish community there. And so she had reached out and said, do you know any stand up comics who like would work well with kids? I want to put on a stand-up show. And so she recommended me, which I was like, I don't know what about me has screamed like, Oh, she loves teenagers, but she recommended me. And so I was like, yeah, great. Well, let me know where the show is. And she said it was a Jewish community center. Well, what I didn't realize was that meant her, her house. It was her house that we were doing the show at.
1: That's not a community center.
0: No, it's not. And so we get there and she has this like step up and I told, like I told her cause I was like, I have some guidelines. I want it. And there has to be a stage, like, because I had been burned before, so I was like, oh, I'll just lay out all of my guidelines. She's like, yeah, great. There's going to be a stage, there's going to be all this stuff. Well, the stage was the fireplace. We would get up and stand up on the fireplace. Oh my God. <laughs> that was the stage. So then I thought, oh, improv will be way better. No, it wasn't. So. <laughs> Well, and then the, the worst part of it was that she told me that what she was going to pay me $2,000, but what I had to do was I had to give her $300 first so she could open up a checking account and put the money into my checking account. So then I'm out. What? Free. Okay, you guys obviously didn't even get it. That was a big Bertha.
2: Stupid.
1: <laughs> I have to find where I was. This is such a pointless story. It's... <laughs>
0: You couldn't, well, it was so pointless you couldn't have done some reading during that time. I was. Like, uh. here's, here's where I'm at.
1: I was. I was, uh, was trying to summarize, I was trying to cut down my own notes because you went so long. <laughs> 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 so before, the mar- before their marriage was to happen, Willie, remember, Brig Bertha's uh, son now went to Grun and told him that he was unhappy with their marriage or with the idea of their marriage happening. So he asked them for $500. He basically said, I don't want you two to get married, but if $500 were to come in here, I might change my
0: tune. (laughs) (laughs) And then he made a show going, now where would that $500 be? If it wasn't here, (laughs) where would it be?
1: Would it be under the, the teapot? Oh,
0: no, I don't see it's any. not there.
2: If I was $500, where would I hang out? <laughs>
1: <laughs> would I be behind the curtain? No, not there.
2: Oh, my goodness. Uh,
1: anyway, so Grun said yes and gave him the $500. And then on top of that, Willie said that he wanted some of Grun's jewels, like loose jewels, so that he could reset them into a way that Bertha would appreciate. He basically told him, I want to make your jewels into a piece of jewelry that Bertha would love. So Grun again believed him and gave him the jewels. And within a week, Bertha and Willie were gone on their way to LA.
2: LA now. Wow. LA.
1: Yeah. Coast to coast. Home of the hits. So Grun then went to the San Francisco police and told him their story. And they actually opened a book. And like on page 122. Was a picture of Big Bertha. And they said is that the woman? And he of course was like yes. That's her. Wow. The detectives then traced the couple to Texas. Well I don't know if they were a couple. but
0: They could then, have just um, been friends with benefits. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so then they arrested them in Texas. They acquitted Bertha and found Willie guilty. Mm. How? I don't know, because she, if, I guess for this particular con, she didn't really she didn't steal the jewels or the $500. Amazing. You know, she was just trying to con her way into like a new life maybe. But she knew what was going to happen the whole time. She knew she'd be found out but caught. <laughs> So then her story started spreading across all of California and then Bertha was approached to do a one woman show in which she recreated all of her cons and her scandals in an opera
0: house. Oh my God. So she's Cardi B.
1: She's Cardi B. She is.
0: I didn't believe you, but she's Cardi B.
1: And she did it, And she often played scenes from Romeo and Juliet with an actor that went by the name "Ufti Goofty. <laughs> who had made his, who had, was famous for being a human punching bag. <laughs> Due to Bertha's sides, Ufti sat on the balcony where Juliet would normally be, and she remained on the ground. Where Romeo would normally be. Oof.
2: Yeah. Uh, Sweet.
1: <laughs> the show was a hit, and it went on tour across the West Coast.
2: My God. Oh, brother.
1: And she even started engaging in, like, wrestling matches with men on tour, and she would generally knock them out. <laughs> when... With,
0: With their personality or with <laughs> their body? Or both? With...
1: With both. Mainly oh, okay. her bosoms. Oh, okay. Uh, yes.
0: Nice. And that's
1: it. And that's the story at Bertha. She I don't have information on her death. So I'll uh I'll update if I find any.
2: Maybe oh, she's okay. out there somewhere. Maybe she grifted the, the the Grim Reaper out of death. Yeah.
1: She's like the Grim Reaper's like, she's coming back with like five thousand yeah. dollars. <laughs> she told me <laughs> <laughs> she told me if I bet on the Celtics. 50 50 against the lakers and then you put two thirds on the falcons i don't even know if they're basketball (laughs) she has like a whole thing
0: yeah she she sold me her excel excel spreadsheet that she has
2: yeah yeah (laughs) so it's legit she's the she's the best she's the best big bertha
0: she's the best yeah i just love the i love the the idea of these these men like just totally trusting their own hubris and just then opening the envelope or whatever and just realizing that there's nothing in there Ugh, it's the best the freak yeah you know those freaking morons
2: what the hell all
1: right everybody thank you for listening um check out the patreon you guys have anything you want to say besides good night night good night